0: My Wax Museum is a proud member of the Create Vine. Hey, before we get into today's show, I just wanted to pop in and mention that My Wax Museum is part of a whole network of shows produced at Mecco Radio. The network includes shows like She Has a Name Too, Broken Bulbs, The Old Goal of Truth, and more. We've got some incredible projects happening now, starting now, and upcoming. So tune in for those. We'll be talking about those more in the future as they come out. But for now, if you want to check out the other shows, you can do so at mechoradio.com. That's it, just mechoradio.com. Go to mechoradio.com. That's echo with an M in front of it, M-E-C-H-O radio.com. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. I'm your host, Alex Williams, and today I'm joined by Simon Simpson. Simon is a really chill guy, and we have had a lot of interesting conversations together and a lot of good laughs. So Simon, if you're listening, thanks for the good times, buddy. Now, Simon loves serving people and does that through his jobs that he's worked in the public sector. He also loves exploring, and fun fact, he is the second person in a row we've had from massachusetts on the show i don't know that's that was just cool to me anyways remember after today's show to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you simon simpson which i just before i begin gotta say sounds like a superhero name welcome to my wax museum
1: thank you thank you
0: so i always start with how we know each other you mentioned this question or i mean an answer to this question in our quick questions beforehand and i want to i want to hear the full story what do you remember about our our first our first meeting
1: so if i remember the story correctly is um alex and i have a mutual friend uh lexi who asked me out on a date because uh Grace wanted to go on a date as well and wanted to double. She's meeting this new guy. Um, so I show up today, and it's Alex. And as I learned later in the evening, Alex was Grace's kind of like last-minute replacement date, um, which he was mm-hmm. totally, totally cool about. We went and ended up getting hot chocolate. Um, and our first conversation was about uh, license plates, like all the cool guys, you know, <laughs> trying to impress girls on a date. Um yeah, and so we went going on license plates for, you know, thirty seconds a minute and then figured we better stop before we, you know, uh lost control. And then we <laughs> went back and played some Muno, and I think he got married that night and it was it was good. It's good moments. Yeah, it
0: was it was it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. I went on a lot of kind of random dates that semester because Somebody somebody would cancel, or somebody wanted to go on a double, and so then I'd get I'd get picked up and and thrown <laughs> into it. Uh, so it was it was a good time. And then you you kind of joined our group, and we you started coming to our girls nights and our guys nights. Uh, it was just all around a good time, eh? Yeah, it's it's been
1: super fun. We've missed you a little bit in the next past couple of weeks. I might miss we'll you a little bit. I mean, we missed enough. you a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I'll be I'll be back to visit hopefully someday once once all this clears up and the the borders open again. But in in the meantime, let's let's talk about you. Let's find out a little bit more about Simon. So, where are you from originally?
1: Yeah, uh, that point may be an existential question, but um, no, I'm getting. Uh, I was born in. A town in Idaho called American Falls that's about 2,500 people. uh, And it's about 45 minutes outside of Pocatello. Uh, I love reading Wikipedia pages. Um, So the American Falls Wikipedia page is fantastic. Um, It will tell you that the main attraction is a reservoir that uh, helps, you know, bring drinking water to the fine state of Idaho. And um, typical, I think it's got some, you know, potato farming. It's got a high school, um, you know, classic rural America. And, and then, uh, oh, sorry, go for it. No,
0: no, keep, keep going.
1: No, yeah, this is kind of a long story. So my dad works for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's a seminaries and institute teacher. So when I was about uh, eight, my dad sat us all down in our living room of a house we had just built and he was pitching us to go on vacation to Indianapolis. And I was like, cool, random, Um, why Indianapolis? So he's like, it's got a zoo, it's got a children's museum, it's gonna be super fun. It's gonna be super great. And then I was like, I'm totally down, totally ready to go to Indianapolis, like super excited as a seven year old. And then I started piecing together that we were gonna move and then realized it wasn't a vacation and then was like super post. It was like, what are we doing? Like, what's going on? Um, So we moved to Indiana when I was around eight uh, for my dad to kind of get promoted and do a different thing. And then I lived in Indiana from when I was like eight to 14. And it was like a picturesque 30 minutes outside of Indianapolis suburb. I think it was the town was called Plainfield. I think there's a playing field in all 50 states, um, so kind of like your classic, you know, Phineas and Ferb Danville type situation. Um, did all of middle school there, you know, the peak part of all of our lives. <laughs> uh, you know, I, met, I moved from Indiana when I was about 14 to Cambridge, Massachusetts. Um, I always, I said this joke in a paper: Cambridge, Massachusetts is the home of MIT and Harvard or the intellectual snob capital of the planet. (laughs) Um, That's been super fun. My dad uh, teaches Institute for our church. So he's not a Harvard employee, but he teaches Institute at Harvard and MIT and some of the other local colleges. And then my mom is a lawyer for the state of Massachusetts. That is
0: very cool. I guess after, oh, sorry, go for it. No, I, I just said, that's very cool. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, and then real quick, just to come full circle, uh, I graduated high school uh, this year in 2020 and then moved back to Idaho to do school at BYU.
0: Wow, and by this year in 2020, he means last year in 2020 because even as we're recording this, it is 2021. <laughs> living in the past, man. Oh, that is
1: true. <laughs> it's true. I am. I am, you know, living in the past.
0: So... I mean, that's like first, okay. That's crazy that you basically got tricked into moving to Indianapolis. Uh, <laughs> like, I couldn't imagine that. That's hilarious to me that that happened. And like, you didn't even you didn't even go visit first. Like, your dad was just like, "We're we're moving to Indianapolis." Like,
1: not exactly. Like, of course, he talked to us about it and I kind of knew what was going on. But my, yeah, first time seeing Indianapolis is when we had moved there. Really?
0: Wow. Okay. (laughs) Because I could, (laughs) I was thinking at first when you first started it, that your dad was going to like take you guys there and then you'd see it and you'd be like, this was so fun. And then your dad would be like, guess what? We're going to move here next month. But no, it was like, we're going on vacation. And then you moved there. That's amazing.
1: more or less. Yeah. And then with Boston, like I was a kid, so I was kind of distraught moving from Idaho to Indiana. When we moved out of Indiana, I was like, let's go. Like, let's do this. I'm excited. And then I had vacationed in Boston, but not in a sense of like a promo to moving there. So we were actually just in Boston like that last year And we're super worried that we would never get to see any of it again. So we tried to hit like as many of the cool Boston stuff as we could, because we're like, this is the only time we're going to be here. And then we ended up moving there the next summer.
0: That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So, okay. So for, for listeners as well, um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the church Simon attends. And an institute teacher is like, it's like a, during university kind of church class like you can you can kind of plan it into your schedule to attend different classes on different uh church topics would you say that's accurate
1: yeah that's a better way of explaining it than i have ever so that was (laughs) that's great
0: (laughs) i'm just trying to think okay somebody who who might not know much about that what would be the best way to to kind of connect that so then you moved to Boston which you're you're living in Massachusetts now and I have heard so many awesome things about Boston is it as awesome as I've heard it is
1: I would say yes and better but um (laughs) like anything though right there's good and bad and ugly right um I was talking to a mutual friend of ours this past week I kept texting her pictures of Boston and she was like, I'm super jealous you could live here. And I was like, I seriously only showed you the good parts. There's plenty of, <laughs> plenty of bad elements, but I really love it. Uh, what I loved the most when I first moved here was I was a 14-year-old kid, uh, didn't know how to drive, still don't, really, um, which became problematic in Rexburg. But I loved the mass transit system. Like, I loved being able to take the train everywhere and, like, being able to be close to that many people. um, And just getting to see the city on my own kind of as an independent like 13 year old kid being like having the world at your doorstep, I thought was just amazing. But um, like anything we had moved from kind of this suburban area and then to this urban environment where there weren't a lot of people my age, right? Um, Which was one of the drawbacks, but I, I love living in boston so much it's great
0: that's that's really cool uh i mean having mass transit and being able to go around you said you did that as a 13 year old what was that experience like exploring as a young teenager
1: it was it was super cool i remember um yeah i i just loved it so downtown Boston's got a lot of super great history. Uh, a lot of people say, you know, the idea of America was born in Boston. So that's, that's, you know, something that's pretty amazing. Um, so you like ride the train to like park street, Boston It's the first transit system in the United States ever. So already, you know, an interesting piece of history and on the train, you can like go to the side of the Boston massacre and like, go to Paul Revere's house and like see places where like founding fathers would meet and strategize about battles and whatever. And then you also get to be in this super urban environment. So it's just a super brilliant contrast of like so much rich history and like a modern day city. It's, it's just so cool.
0: Hmm. So living so long in Boston, do you think that that's where your interest in history came from? Or do you think that it just kind of fed that interest?
1: I think some of both. Um, I would say, so I'm a political science major and I would say I was always interested in history, Um, but I would say my interest in politics kind of started in Boston, Um, uh, which is an interesting thing because Indiana and Idaho are both super red and Boston is about as liberal as it gets. So seeing that contrast and kind of being able to develop ideas based on all of those experiences. um, And just seeing how different people think and different people operate, kind of in that political sphere, made me super interested in that. And also, um, I had the opportunity in Boston. So my whole time in Boston, I've been a city employee um, in different capacities. So I was also able to just to see what local and city government could really do to help people um, in a different way than kind of the suburbs and in a rural area. So I would say, that's kind of been what I've loved living there, but I would say, yeah, kind of my love of politics and government started in Boston, but history, I think I've always just kind of found to be interesting.
0: Yeah. That's, that's interesting to me. So with, with that, maybe we can talk about a little bit more about where you're at now. And then I want to hear more about this, you know, your your future maybe in politics or doing something involved with it with your uh, degree that you're working towards. What is it now that you're working on, though, specifically?
1: Yeah, so I work for the Community Development Department of the City of Cambridge, and that's quite the acronym. But we... Uh... <laughs> We go by CDD and I am working on developing a game for uh, fourth and fifth graders about water conservation. So uh, it was a project developed by high schoolers. And so the city gave them seed money when they kind of won that as a prize. So I uh, managed the group of high schoolers who are working with a game developer. I think we're hoping to have it be done by about April. So that's the project I'm working on. Now, but I've been with the CD, I think coming up on three years, and I've just worked on different projects
0: for them. That is super cool, actually. Like, how how did you get involved in that? Where did that start?
1: Yeah, so I uh, was just part of a program in high school where you kind of just like develop a project and then see kind of where it takes you so i literally one day my now boss was just like plugging it in the high school cafeteria and i like walked up and talked to her and like participated in this competition and then kind of ended up getting seed money for one of our projects and then just have worked with their sense just like kind of i don't know luck of the draw
0: that is so cool so you use this term this phrase earlier on like a few minutes ago saying that you had the world at your doorstep and specifically you were referring to boston's mass transit but what looking forward i mean you kind of have the world at your doorstep right you're you're young you have this whole future ahead of you what do you hope to to see happen in your life moving forward
1: yeah um I don't know this is kind of my you know political science hot take that I'll that i'll tell you but i believe that the two best avenues for positive social change are god and the government um but i am a democrat so usually people aren't religious in in that camp but i i just think that government at all of its levels is just one of the best avenues to help people And that's something that I've always been interested in doing in my career. Um, Like, like I said, I've only ever had a public service job. And I think that's just something that I want to keep, right? Just, just to know that you're making a difference. You know what I mean? Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So moving forward into the future, do you have any specific areas that you'd really like to work in? Or any specific places you'd like to go with it, or maybe stay in Boston and work locally there.
1: Yeah, I would stay in Boston forever. I would also be open to living somewhere else. I think ultimately it comes down to like who you know and where you're willing to go and what you're willing to do. Um, yeah, like I could see myself working in the federal government. I could see myself, you know, always being local, something in urban development. Um, I think, though, being a public servant is definitely the route I want to
0: take. Hey, future Alex here, just popping in to say thanks for listening and thanks for checking out the other shows from Mecco Radio. We've got She Has a Name too, The Old Goal of Truth, Lando and Lexi, and so many more on their way. It's really been an exciting year for us so far, and seriously... I can't wait for the rest of the year. We have some really cool stuff going on. So make sure you head to radio.com to check out all of our latest projects. You can also follow us on Instagram and on Twitter to keep up to date with us. That's at Mechoradio. Easy. Now, back to the show. I know there, there are people who have like a thing that they want to change. You know, like they want to kind of champion education or poverty or you know food or whatever right is there is there one thing that you kind of see yourself you know that's that's my track that's the route I want to take in order to to affect change in people's lives
1: yeah I think um I don't know I think that's definitely a good question and a lot of people that I have talked to are passionate about specific stuff and I think um I was thinking specifically about like uh, over the summer, right, with defund the police and other aspects like that. I met a lot of people, and, and there are like a lot of super passionate and like activist like organizations. I would say in most cities across the U.S. Um, I would definitely say I'm a political person and have like passionate political views, but I don't know if there's a specific issue that I would want to fix or like focus my entire career on. Um, I don't know. Cause that seems kind of simple to me. You know what I mean? And that may be not quite what I'm looking for. Cause when you look at organizations like that, it's like bit by bit, super small, right? Like chipping away at these massive structural issues, which is important work to do, but I just, I just don't know if that's the path that I want to take.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So, if if you could change one thing though what would it be hmm Hmm. um front yards hands down
1: no um (laughs) no i think okay this is also this is kind of a cheap answer but i somewhat agree with that i think having lived in a bunch of different spots the main issue with american politics is that we don't talk to each other anymore um And there's just a disconnect, right, with, like, massive groups of people. Um, So I think the political issue that I would work on um, is that, right? Just trying to bring people together just so we have a greater understanding and just, like, greater government compromise.
0: You know what I mean? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think that would be a great idea. (laughs) So looking... Uh, kind of kind of moving away from like your your career experience and and your career future what kind of hobbies do you engage with like what are the things that you just love to do
1: yeah um i watch a lot of netflix you know as as it happens um i really like like um hobbies i don't know i don't have a ton of super interesting hobbies uh, I would tell you I read, but I don't really read as much as I should. Um, I like to walk a lot. I like to. Um, I'm in a sketch comedy group in college, so I like to do that. Like to write, sketch comedy and other stuff. Um,
0: yeah, so I would say,
1: yeah, kind of writing and some other stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Okay. I wanna I wanna talk about comedy because you're the first person on the podcast who. Well, I've had a few other people on who, who do comedy and stuff. But most recently you're kind of the the one who's in there. Now I've done stand up once and I've done a few sketches with friends and stuff. And comedy is really, really fulfilling when you do it, right? We we talked in our quick questions about making people laugh and how much pleasure that brings. But it's also really difficult to write that. So tell me a bit about your experience doing sketch comedy. How's that gone for you, and how do you hope it will go in the future?
1: Yeah, so I'm part of a group in Happy Humor Code. You know, subtle plug as always. Um, yeah, so this is my first semester, and I totally agree. A lot of it is super hit or miss, and you just you just never know. Um, I, though, am really bad at acting, um, and really, and really kind of hate it, um, so that was also kind of an interesting challenge to navigate, um, but with writing, I think the best thing to do with writing is just to expose yourself to a lot of different, like, styles of comedy and styles of writing, and just have a large, like, repertoire of stuff to do, um. Because then you just can know what works and what doesn't, right? Like, I wrote, um, I think, like, four or five sketches this time around. And some of them were super funny reading with the cast. And then when we performed on stage, nobody laughed, right? And you just just don't know your audience until you get there, right? So, I think in the future, you just got to have, like, a bunch of different stuff in your pocket and see what works that night.
0: Yeah, I think... (laughs) That's the challenge. Like, you'll make some jokes and it's like, oh, I really thought that would land, but I guess I guess not tonight. And and sometimes it might land one night and not another night. It just kinda it just kinda depends. Do you have any like examples where it just bombed? Where it just did not go at all the yeah. way you had hoped.
1: Yeah, so I had this sketch about it was a Christmas carol and it was a Christmas carol tailored to BYUI and I had this joke about a Christmas tree getting COVID-19. And like, then you had to socially distance from your tree and I had this joke about a nasal swab and I floated this joke about the Christmas tree being on the ventilator and like had this whole bit about Christmas trees and COVID-19 and like, we go on and like, we start, we kind of get going, like nobody laughed when the Christmas trees had COVID. Like, I don't know if it was too real or like not just not funny, but like there was this whole bit, like that whole ghost of Christmas present sketch just like completely died and nobody laughed. (laughs) So that was kind of the one, like Christmas trees and COVID just did not work for people.
0: (laughs) I love love that. So. How did you recover from that going out, putting yourself out there, putting this story, this idea of yours out there? How did you recover?
1: Yeah. So I don't know, There's a lot of different ways to do it. Right. It's easy. So our, we're not paid for our troop. Right. And so it's like kind of a ragtag group of people. Um, and we ended up having like 15 people in our audience. So it can be easy to blame like on all of those external factors and maybe not come to the conclusion that you're not as funny as you thought you were right (laughs) so yeah and i also don't know like if people will ever tell you that it wasn't funny so my main concern walking away from it was like maybe i wrote this and maybe it was never funny and no one ever told me it wasn't funny. So I, I was worried that I had like created this complex in my head that I was funnier than I was, right? And so that was really nerve wracking and concerning. Um, so I kind of walked away from that and I was like, it's probably some of both, right? It probably wasn't as funny as you would think. And it probably was some of these other external things. And if you had one bad night and one bad sketch, maybe don't quit forever, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's a mix of both and you just gotta keep going.
0: Yeah. I totally agree with that. You there's always an opportunity to improve and you have to be honest with yourself. You know, maybe maybe it really wasn't funny. So I'm curious though, having heard how it can go really poorly, do you have any examples where it went really well and you were like, "Oh man, I succeeded. People laughed at that. I loved that feeling." Not yet, not king. Um, a little
1: bit. <laughs> a little bit. Um, Hopefully, so I would say not um, in a performance e- exactly. It it never went as good as I had hoped, um, but I definitely had sketches that have done better than others, and you know, jokes that people have laughed at. So that that's at least encouraging. But I will say when we were reading the Christmas Carol sketch, that it was in three parts. So some parts were funnier than others, and some did get laughs. Just that second part bombed completely. Um, But it was really cool to have that read in the cast because they all really loved it. So that was a really kind of a nice moment for writing that Um, and kind of encouraged me to keep writing, right? So I would say that's the most success I'd seen. Not a ton yet in front of an actual audience, but hopefully in the future.
0: I hope so. I hope so. It is a really, really satisfying feeling when you stand up in front of a group and you make them all laugh like nothing feels better than that right it's great so looking looking towards your future is comedy something you want to keep doing kind of casually on the side or is it kind of like a university experience for you
1: i don't know i um i don't know it's tricky i would say i really liked it because i got to meet a lot of new people right um I met Lexi at Humor Code, which introduced me to you, which, you know, it's been fantastic. I'm on a podcast. So I didn't know I'd make it that far. But, um, yeah, so I, I've met a lot of really great people um, and has have had a lot of fun. Um, so I think if that would continue forever, right, if, like, I could always be meeting new people and be having fun, I think that's something I would want to pursue. Um, but I also just like the writing element of it as well so like even if i wasn't in a group i may just write something and be like if there's ever a situation where we (laughs) needed this thing that i wrote you know what i mean um but i don't know i don't think i would ever pursue it as a career because i don't really think i'm funny enough um and i don't know if i want to work hard enough to be funny enough you know what i mean
0: it is a lot of it is a lot of hard work i see the stuff comedians have to go through to get to where they are unbelievable you really have to put yourself out there and so i mean look looking at that uh we we talked about you in in the future as far as your career hopes and stuff what are your personal hopes for the future what do you just as simon want out of this life,
1: yeah. Um, hmm. I think ultimately, like, there are of course tangible things that I want in life, right? I, I want a stable job and a family and to get married and have kids and, right, all of that jazz. Make money, not be sad all the time. <laughs> I'm getting, you know what I mean? Basic, basic stuff. Um, but I think ultimately what I want to say at the end of my life is just that I felt satisfied with the effort I put into life. You know what I mean? I don't want to ever look back at anything I've done and say, I could have done that better. You know what I mean? And I walked away because it was too hard or, you know what I mean? Or took too much effort. Um, So you don't really know what's going to happen in the future till it happens. Right. So I hope that, you know, when I'm done, with whatever I'm doing, <laughs> that I'll just be able to look back and say that I put my best foot forward. Hmm.
0: I love that. That more or less answers actually my my last question for you, which is at the end of your life, when you're looking back, what are the things you're most proud of and what are you most satisfied with? So maybe if I can get a little bit more of an elaboration out of you is like, What are the things you want to try? Maybe give some specifics of what do you want to be looking back on as those things that you you took that step towards?
1: Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know. I think this is an interesting thing. I've always been bothered by wealth. Like ideologically. Um, like, I don't know, it's something that's always bothered me is, and I've never, of course I have wanted money. Right. And I want to live in a situation where I'm comfortable, but I never want to have like a gross amount of excess wealth. You know what I mean? Or I was joking with my brother the other day. I was like, if I had limitless amounts of money, right. I would want an average house, an average car, nice season tickets, To the Boston Celtics, not obnoxiously nice, like not front row courtside season tickets, but like average seats and then an income where I could sustain my family. And that's it. You know what I mean? So off of that, I think why I've always been bothered by it is I think if I reached a point in my life where I was satisfied with where I was, I wouldn't feel the need to keep pushing past that. You know what I mean? so i hope i'm rambling here but i hope eventually that i'll just feel in my life that i am satisfied with where i've come and not feel the need to keep pursuing wealth or pursuing some career ambition but to just kind of ride into the sunset
0: you know Hmm. i like that i like that a lot well i just want to say finally thank you very much for joining me today
1: yeah, it's been great.
0: And thank you for listening. Not just to this show, which we certainly do appreciate, but more to the people around you. The people in your life that you just happen to know. Take some time, just five minutes, to listen intently to the people around you. Mecho.